more that we can share the story of, of people living with this disease and let people know what it's really like that hopefully we can get some more support and one day have a day without ALS. Hello everyone and welcome to Connecting ALS. I am your host, Jeremy Holden. While ALS was first identified by a French neurologist in 1869, the disease became known internationally 78 years later when, in 1941, it ended the career of legendary New York Yankees first baseman Lou Gehrig. Over the course of his 17-year career, Gehrig hit 493 home runs and established records for grand slams and the most consecutive games played that lasted well into the 21st century. That consecutive game streak, which earned Gehrig the nickname the Iron Horse, ended when he disclosed his ALS diagnosis during a speech where he famously deemed himself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. In celebration of Gehrig's life and legacy, Major League ballparks across the country will be participating in Lou Gehrig Day celebrations on June 2nd. This is, of course, the second year of Lou Gehrig Day in Major League Baseball. And as part of that celebration, we're going back this week to a conversation we had with Larry Falavina, a member of the ALS Association's Board of Trustees, about the genesis of Lou Gehrig Day and how it is helping to raise awareness of the fight against ALS. We'll be back with a fresh episode next week. In the meantime, let's hear from Larry. We are joined today by Larry Falavina. Larry is a member of the ALS Association's Board of Trustees and was diagnosed with ALS in 2017. Larry, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So Larry, this time last year, you were in the early stages of your quest to visit every major league ballpark in America and, and in Canada in order to raise awareness of ALS. I just want to reflect back on, on that trip, some of the people that you met along the way and your thoughts and reflections on the Challenge Larry campaign. You know, it, it was an amazing experience. I, I honestly can't believe it was a year ago. We kind of celebrated starting that trip here just a week ago. And the baseball was great. I enjoyed visiting all the ballparks. It was an amazing experience with my family, being able to tour the country, even Canada, you know, see so much of the United States. But really, the, the baseball tour was kind of the vehicle that allowed me to meet with other people who'd been affected by this disease and get to share their stories. And that was the exciting part for me. I, I was honored to be able to do that. And when I look back on that now, there were just so many incredible experiences, you know, at the games, seeing the country, but just meeting people. For example, like Karen and Tony Vick, who went to the Royals game with me, they're a, a young couple, you know, Tony has served 15 years in the military, and the ALS kind of, you know, struck him down at a young age. But just seeing their faith, seeing their love for each other, and how that's helping them overcome the hardships of this disease was really inspirational for me as someone who's also facing ALS. But I think, you know, that story's inspirational for anyone. And when I went to Atlanta, that was the last stop on my tour. A man I met, Andre, had actually been working for the Braves for 15 years and living with ALS for 11 years. And he, he was really just the toughest person mentally I've ever met. He just simply mm -hmm. refused to let ALS stop him. He was still 
working at the Braves. And despite what ALS had done to his body, he just, you know, refused to give up. So I would just encourage people, if you weren't able to follow along with the tour last year, please visit my social media pages. You can go to Facebook at Larry's Challenge ALS MLB Tour or Instagram at Larry Challenge ALS and just go back and read those stories of of these incredible people. I, I guarantee it will brighten your day. Absolutely. It was such a really thoughtful idea and so well put together by you, Larry. And I know so many people that you met with really appreciated you sharing your journey and taking a ball game with them. It was a a meaningful way to connect and to come together over something that is really important to a lot of people. And and Major League Baseball holds a special place in the hearts of many Americans and, and of course, many of those living with ALS. And Lou Gehrig's name is synonymous with the disease, of course. And, And you mentioned that that trip around the U.S. visiting the different ballparks was in part inspired by Lou Gehrig. And we're talking uh, today just a few short days before his birthday. Can you tell us a little bit about what Lou's legacy uh, means to you and why it continues to inspire so many today? Yeah, I I think it does inspire a lot of people. You know, we're coming up on his birthday, but unfortunately, we just also passed the anniversary of of his death on Mm -hmm. June 2nd. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think... Lou Gehrig brought ALS into the spotlight. His name became synonymous with the disease, unfortunately. But I think he was the right person to sort of be the, I don't know what you want to say, the advocate for the disease, you know, for so many years, even though he had already passed. I think his story is so inspiring because here's a man who never gave up, right? He was already called the Iron Horse because of, you know, setting that record for consecutive games. And he didn't let the disease stop him either. After Even after he had to stop playing baseball, you know, he became a, a civil servant. So he, he just didn't let the disease beat him. And I think I saw that in so many of the people that I met, really, I mean, all the people that I met while I was on the tour last summer, that they just weren't going to let the disease beat him. I, I think the other thing about Lou, what struck people so hard was here's a man who was just a, a, a good human being. You know, he was very likable. Mm-hmm. And in, in spite of his incredible talent, he was also very humble. And again, I think those were attributes that I saw in all the people that I've met who've been struck by ALS as well. They're just, they're good people. They appreciate life and they have you know, love and and hope. And I really think that Lou just kind of embodies the the spirit of people who've been struck by this disease. You know, of course, Lou's legacy has also forever connected ALS and baseball. You know, he's considered the best first baseman to play the game, certainly one Mm -hmm. of the best hitters to play the game. His record held up for 56 years. And he was just an amazing ball player as well as being a very good person. And I think it would be great to see uh, a league-wide Lou Gehrig Day celebrated across all of MLB. You know, just there's so Agreed. many things about him that I think are good about baseball and good about people. I couldn't agree more, and, and we can share in the show notes some information about the uh, efforts to start a, a Lou Gehrig Day. You mentioned baseball, and I know you're you're a big fan. Personally, I'm still basking in the glow of the Nationals' improbable World <laughs> Series win last fall. Uh, <laughs> you should be. You, yeah, it was such an it was incredible World Series, and I'm I know I'm biased, but I think that just even a, a non 
Nationals fan, maybe even uh, some Astros fans would recognize that it was a, it was just a great fall altogether. But we're, we're deep into June now without any baseball to watch. And I, I know with everything going on in the world, uh, my inability to watch a baseball game at the end of the day is, is small and insignificant. But reflect a little bit as a fan on just baseball and what it means and, and, and why it's so important and, and maybe make me feel a little less guilty that I, that I miss it so much this summer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people miss it. And, and certainly there are some very important things going on in the world right now that need our attention. But, you know, people will say that baseball is just a game. We've certainly seen that baseball is also a business. But I think baseball matters because it's just so intertwined into the history of America. You know, it's a, it's a uniquely American sport. You know, certainly it has its blemishes as much as any parts of American history, but it also has some just incredible history as well. You know, things that have brought generations together. I know for me, I have fond memories of watching the Braves on TV with my dad. You know, we didn't have a team in Florida at the time. And I I think a lot of people have memories of, you know, going to the ballparks with their families, you know, celebrating July 4th, Mm. eating a ballpark dog, watching, you know, fireworks. It's, it's just part of our American history. And the other great thing about baseball, I think, or one of them anyway, is that, they, you know, you have statistics going back all the way to Lou Gehrig's days, right? So that you can actually compare players across time and, you know, who really was the, the best first baseman. And, you know, you can say the bats have changed, the balls have changed, et cetera. But I think being able to just go back across all of the, that history of baseball and relate the past to today, I think, makes it special as well that's very very true a huge part of of so many of our lives and it's it's a little bit different to not 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 a little bit it's very different to not have that going on so far this summer it sounds like they're getting closer in negotiations to perhaps start playing again but uh, i'm sure that will change the days to come much like many other things in the world with the pandemic still affecting us all globally this episode also scheduled to air just a few days before father's day larry if you don't mind, can you tell us what Father's Day looks like in the Falavina household and if there are any uh, traditions that you typically partake in on that day? And, and if so, have you had to alter those plans at all since ALS came into your life? You know, I, I have two teenage boys. I've been blessed by the fact that the progression of ALS for me has been slower than most. So mm-hmm. they've been able to kind of adapt over time. I would say the things that have changed is not being able to do the physical side of things that we used to do, but I'm still able to, you know, well, these days I guess I really can't go out to a restaurant, but (laughs) the, uh, the deal was daddy gets to pick wherever he wants to eat. So Uh, that part was cool. I guess I'll have to do takeout this year. Sure. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a, a lot of it is the same. And I just appreciate the fact that, I get to have another Father's Day mm. and spend it with my family. So I'll be thankful for that, no matter what has changed or, or even as things continue to change. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you're gearing up toward a great weekend and a great day. So happy to hear that. Larry, I mentioned it at the outset, but you recently accepted a role on the ALS Association's Board of Trustees. What inspired you to serve the association? You know, the, the ALS Association is the leading organization supporting those affected by ALS. And I really like the approach that the association takes of 
not only providing millions of dollars to research to find treatment and a cure, but also making sure that people like myself and thousands of others have the ability to live with the disease and have their most fulfilling life. And there's so many things that go into that, but, you know, it's been almost three years since my diagnosis. I hope it's going to be many more. And I, and I want the ability to live the best life that I can. And on top of that, also, you know, the association is our voice in government, helping to secure funding, advocating for legislation that, that benefits everyone fighting this disease. And I wanted to be a part of that because I felt like I could have an impact across so many different areas by serving with the association. That's definitely true. Your voice and influence are going to have a major impact on the ALS community, Larry, and that's apparent really in everything you do, hearing you speak at a conference uh, earlier this year, just the way that you talk about pushing for a cure and advocating and staying connected as a community. That's, that's going to mean so much to many families living with ALS. So thank you for being willing to join the board of trustees. It's a big commitment. And, and like I said, it's going to make a big difference for a lot of people. So thank you for that. Before we wrap up, we were talking a little bit a few minutes ago about the pandemic and COVID-19. And for individuals and families living with ALS, we've heard from some of them that it has added a layer of anxiety because many folks living with ALS find themselves isolated already. And now uh, with the fear of exposure to COVID, needing to stay inside and reduce their exposure risk as much as possible has meant further isolation. You're in North Carolina. And as is uh, Jeremy, and I know that that state is opening up a little more than some others have. And, and recently in the past few weeks, there's been an uptake in positive tests for COVID there. How is your situation uh, personally and, and really how is the, the pandemic impacting your life? Yeah, you know, I, I think on top of everything else you have to, to think about in dealing with disease, having another layer now of you know, I wouldn't say worrying, but just being anxious about that other layer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. taking precautions. Again, I think for me, because my progression has been slow, I'm not facing the things that many others with this disease are, you know, as you mentioned, already isolated, you know, already dealing with that sort of feeling of being disconnected and now having to deal with the fact that maybe your caregiver can't come to your home or your grandkids, your family, you know, can't come to visit you. It's just another layer of things to be concerned about on top of everything else you have to deal with with ALS. You know, just like I said, you know, Father's Day dinner, you know, this year, it's, it's, it's going to be takeout or it's going to be something, you know, that we make at home. Right. It's just being cautious. It's kind of a fine line. It's, it's being cautious and not being foolish, but also not being afraid to, to live your life. And so it's just kind of a, a weird place to be in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know for a lot of folks, it's a lot worse. So I don't want to complain about it. It's just with everything else that ALS throws at you to have to be concerned about that as well. It's just a, another layer. Thank you, Larry Falvina, for joining us today to talk about so many things with so much insight. We really appreciate having you on. I really appreciate being here. I appreciate Having the opportunity to share those stories, like I said, you know, if you visit my social links, just go back and take a look at the lives of the people who are living with this disease and the fantastic attitudes they have. And with everything else going on right now, hopefully that'll brighten your day. 
Thank you, Larry. We'll, we'll definitely, we'll put those, your social links in our show notes as well so people can check out those stories. Thanks for everything you do and, and uh, stay safe and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks again to Larry Falavina for everything he does in our fight and for taking the time to join us here on Connecting ALS. If you liked this episode, share it with a friend. And while you're at it, please find time to rate and review the show. It is a great way for us to connect with more listeners. Our production partner for this series is Citizen Racecar. Post-production by Garrett Tiedemann. Production management by Gabriella Montekin. Supervised by David Hoffman. Thanks for tuning in. We'll connect with you again soon. Thank you.